0: This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi. Hi.
1: I was reading something, even though I knew we were starting. I got so easily distracted. Hi. Uh, this is Sip. Survive. And repeat. I'm Jenny. I'm Danelle. And I'm Jenny. Welcome. It's the podcast about... Drinking wine and talking about survival stories, and just that's
0: about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's all I got. <laughs> is the extent of that's all I got. <laughs> we also so talk about in. weird news. We talk weird about weird news. news. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we're still all separated, quarantined. Yeah. yeah. So we're, <sighs> what is that called? Uh, social distancing. So, uh, what, what's your favorite thing to do when you're all alone and not with anyone to know, um, that sounded watch. like I wanted something dirty. That's not what I meant. <laughs> I'm sorry. You
1: hear me like laugh a little bit. Under my yeah. And, like, well, I was like personal, <laughs> that's none of your business, ma'am. <laughs> what I do in the privacy of my bedroom. Just kidding. Sorry, Kenny. Kenny's probably throwing up in his mouth at this point. Um, I'm really enjoying rewatching old Friends episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. into it. I love the um, innocence of the late the the mid to late '90s and the early 2000s sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm into that. I'm into letting my dog walk wherever the fuck she wants because I've got the time. Um
0: is she fully recovered from the surgery?
1: We had her follow-up appointment on Wednesday. So she's been cleared. It's been six weeks, but it's gonna take an additional four weeks Mm -hmm. to be a hundred percent cleared. So she's halfway there. Okay. So so my dog Um, had ACL surgery just to I mean I know I've talked about it on here, but just a reminder if anyone's forgot.
0: This I is what's about. going on. Yeah. Um, so how about you? What are your favorite alone time things to do,
1: Jenny?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's personal. Um, let's see. I don't have a lot of alone time. That's my issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I let's just say I hope I didn't scar my son for life yesterday. Um so he's really into dinosaurs and he's been asking to watch dinosaur battles. On YouTube, which is basically like, I don't know if it's like a video game or like how people are doing it, but it's like, they look realistic dinosaurs and they like fight each other. So there's, you know, like T-Rex versus Triceratops and they flip and fight and he thinks it's amazing. He just stares at this and I'm like, I
2: don't know if this is really
0: age appropriate for a four and a half year old, but dinosaurs don't exist anymore. So I'm kind of like, eh. I mean they did but it seems kind of like fantasy because it's yeah not real. like it's not real life so and sometimes the dinosaurs like sometimes t-rex is like bright purple but he looks realistic but he's purple i don't again i don't know if it's a video game or where this is coming from it's on youtube i'm trying to get, trying to work and entertain him at the same time so it's very it's something um yes shout out and, to the parents out there i kill you <laughs> And then um, I will say yesterday, this is the part I was talking about. I mean, I'm worried a little bit about the dinosaur fighting that might scar him. But uh, I yesterday I sat down and we turned on Jurassic Park, which is a PG-13 movie that I put on for my four and a half year old. But I sat with him, so I wasn't just watching yeah. it alone.
2: I, mean, I feel like that was my first PG-13 movie I saw when I was like oh, six.
0: Right? I mean, it's pretty cool. I hadn't watched yeah, it years. Super. Um, and when they, when people die, it's not super gory. Like a lot of times they like have the dinosaurs, like eat them behind a bush and you just see the bush shaking and they don't focus on it. Like it's not like, they, yeah. So, and I kept telling him, like, if you're scared, you tell mommy. And he was like, so cool. I want to see a Spinosaurus. I'm like, I don't, A, I don't know what that (laughs) is. And B, I don't think that that's in the movie. I'm like, they really focus on the T-Rex and the Velociraptor. So let's focus on those And anyway, did he
1: have nightmares that night
0: or no 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 okay He's, so i think he you're went fine. to bed yeah he went to bed he slept all night oh excuse me bye. can he, he cut slept, it out woo, he slept he slept all night and then he came in my room at like a little before eight this morning so pretty decent pretty decent i'd take that um, so I guess alone time, okay, you know what I'm doing in my alone time? Because that's not really alone time. Uh, whenever I have, like, little moments where I can, like, do something that's just for me, I've been watching Super Nanny. Oh. I think I've mentioned it before that I really like Super Nanny. It's I like a- Super Nanny, too. She's British. Her name is Jo Frost, and she w- it was on ABC back in, like, the day, and it yeah. just came back again, and it's on, like, Lifetime or something like that. Like, it's back on, like, a cable channel with Joe is Frost it, again. Are they new episodes? Well, I've been watching the old ones because that's what's on YouTube. Oh, okay. So, I've been watching the old ones, and it is amazing. She's no nonsense. I love... I remember Todd and I, we didn't have cable at one
1: point. Um, We first lived, like, moved in together. And we used to watch
0: super Nanny episodes, and she was great. Oh, my God. She's so stern, but, like, not was scary. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just... If Joe Frost ever wants to watch this. I also just love a good British accent, so... Yeah, that's true. Um, Kenny, what about you? What have you been up to?
2: Uh, playing a lot of video games. Like, mm. too many video games, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, I went out and, like, got... Picked one up from Best Buy. Like, you order it online and you can pick it up from Best Buy in the next, like, 10 minutes. Oh, oh, um, Lord, so Kenny. So I did that. Yeah, like... I'd probably need to calm it down. Maybe read a book or something, switch it up.
0: That sounds good. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then, okay. you know, working in podcasts. That's about all I do.
0: Yeah. yeah me too. Um. Yeah, I pretty much work, harass I'm the children. Yeah, there's no video games. There's just a lot of watching of Super Nanny harassing children, maybe exposing them to PG-13 movies and uh, podcasting and working. So, yeah. That's cool. Um. Are you guys drinking currently?
1: I have a um a glass of wine next to me here. It's it's a red and I don't have the bottle in front of me, so I don't know what it is. I forget. Oh, it's not Costco, oh
0: it's Sorry. not the Costco box?
1: No, <laughs> it's not the Costco that that's gone. That's been long gone.
0: Oh we drank that whole thing. Smart. Yeah. Good work. Good work. Um, I just got uh, when Donald went to the store for a quick run um for essentials is what he called it. I told him to get me a Boda box of wine. So I have a, mm-hmm. I have a Boda box of Cabernet Sauvignon and uh, it's like, has some award, like wine lovers best something. Oh. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I had some last night when I cracked it open and obviously I'm the only one in my house who drinks wine. So uh, cause Donald doesn't really drink much. She has like two beers in the entire year. So uh, I'll be working on this box for probably the next week or so. Next week, yeah. Yeah, it's it's delish. Um, Kenny,
2: I got myself a uh, nice can of Ras cranberry Lacroix. It's oh. Very delicious.
0: Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Amazing. Oh. So yeah. Dona, I don't want to pet you right now. My dog is very needy right now. No. No.
1: Yeah, I think I'm gonna switch to white next week or like a rose or like swap it up. I'm I think I'm over the reds after this I, for a I little am bit. Not,
0: I'm not over reds because you know that's my favorite. I tried to drink whites for a while. It was okay. I just they're just not my favorite. I know I, think I'm gonna I
1: try though, because I feel like spring's coming. I need I a feel little like different a, zest Maybe in rose my step.
0: Yeah. Maybe rose. I'll do rose. Yeah.
1: Or champagne. Hell, maybe I'll switch to champagne <gasps> at that point. That's a great idea.
0: The only thing about champagne is if you don't drink it all in one sitting, then it gets like not I as bubbly. I know. So I don't know. wonder if
1: I can buy like halvesies. I don't know. I'll figure it out. That's the yeah, biggest they make, challenge of my day. They have That's those like big little
2: bigger. bottles of champagne.
0: Yeah, like That's splits. What I'm thinking. champagne yeah. splits. That's what they're called. Yeah, I'm going to try that, I think. So. Um. Okay, so um, my dog is all up in my business. Um, I love it. Oh, God. She's standing up now. Oh, she's big. Oh God, she's in my lap. Don't step on the corner. Oh my God. (laughs) If anybody doesn't know, I have a very large poodle uh, and she is. She's huge. She's standing on me right now and pawing at my hand. Come over here. I will pet you. All right. Danelle, would you like to go first so I can get the dog off me? I will go first. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So my
1: story this week is the story of Clementine. I'm going to try not to mess up her last name.
0: Clementine uh, Wamari. Great. um Um, i would just like to say that i like her name already because clementines are delicious she
1: is adorable and jenny i actually am gonna do my job and send you pictures this week like i'm supposed (gasps) to every week and i just don't yay i know i'm sorry i'm terrible i'm the worst um (laughs) so clementine was born in 1988 and Uh in rwanda africa
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: she, like most kids, grew up in a great town, enjoyed a comfortable life. She said that you know we had flesh, fresh flowers on the table, which I mean I never had that shit growing up, so better life than I had. Um, she had <laughs> in the flower in the flower department, nannies to take care of her. Oh, um, Jesus, she you know she grew up like a normal kid. Like they played outside. They had a very tight knit community and neighborhood. All the kids played together. Um, Her older sister, Claire, had dreamed of attending college in Canada. So they had hopes and dreams and lived a great life Um, until everything slowly began to fall apart, actually pretty quickly began to fall apart. And this is where I went down the rabbit hole. And I'm going to talk a little bit about um, what happened in Rwanda in 1994. Uh, Do you guys, do you guys recall any history treasures from 1994 that happened in Rwanda off the top of your head No. That doesn't Ken, sound familiar. Kenny, weren't you born in 1994?
2: I okay. was. Was there okay. a UFO landing?
1: No, there was a huge civil war. <laughs> oh, shit. A okay, <laughs> little, not little even, off. little Slightly. off. Okay. So uh, Clementine was six at the time, and that's when uh civil war had broke out quickly in Rwanda, and which essentially turned into a mass genocide uh, between the two groups. The Again, I'm going to try not to screw this up. I even watched a YouTube language video on how to say this, between two groups, the uh, Hutus and the Tutsis. And essentially the Hutus hated the Tutsis. And there are a lot of moving parts to this, but the bottom line is is that millions of people were murdered and displaced in Rwanda in 1994. Um, In fact, estimates say that during the first six weeks of this civil war, uh, more than 800,000 Tutsis had been murdered. Uh, So comparison for that, that's five times higher than during the Holocaust in Nazi Germany. Wait, can you Mm -hmm. say that again? Mm -hmm. I sure can. So the first six weeks, and mind you, this civil war only lasted like six months. It was a very Uh fast war, Uh but a very devastating war. In the first six weeks, more than 800,000 Rwandians had been murdered. And most of them were the Tutsis because they were the ones being attacked. 800,000. So in comparison, according to Wikipedia, uh, this number, this 800,000 is five times higher than the Holocaust of Nazi Germany.
0: But like you're saying in the same time frame? Because I know that it was like six million. In the same time frame, yes.
1: Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So just to give you an idea of how quickly things escalated. And I'm not saying that that this was better or worse or anything in the Holocaust or even compares to it. but um, it's totally. I it's like... a totally different war, exactly. And we're all we all grew up learning about the Holocaust, so I think this is something that you know we weren't taught in schools, or even I didn't even really know about until I did the story. So, um, the goal was to kill every Tutsi living in Rwanda, and the genocide was thought to have been planned for years prior. So they started um, the Hutus started building propaganda. They started their own radio station. They started arming residents and, um, you know, training them on the side secretly. <clears throat> and during this time, you know, neighbors turned against each other. Friends killed friends. Husband killed wives. It was just all on craziness that happened. Wait,
0: so, like, there were husbands and wives that were, like, from the two different sides that would, like, yeah. one would kill the other? Yeah. Yes. And so, you, it was did all, Did you explain like, what the difference is between the two? Or was it just, I like... I didn't, but
1: what it's, and I didn't research it,
0: which I probably should have, but it
1: sounds like they all lived harmoniously together for the most part. Like it was, it's almost like someone who is maybe, and I don't know this, so don't get pissed if I say the wrong thing, but it's almost like if someone is like Catholic and then someone is maybe, um, Jewish or like we, like there's no. You don't know that someone is one or not the other by looking at them or any, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all lived in the same communities and the same neighborhoods. And like, I may be Catholic, but maybe I'm married to, um, I don't know, someone who's Jewish or whatever.
0: Or maybe you're like, you're Catholic, but you're married to someone who's Protestant.
1: Exactly. Or maybe he's an atheist, which he's not, but I'm just saying like, it didn't matter. Like. It, it. It, it used to not matter. Um, so let's see. Da, 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 da. So immediately after um, the Civil War broke out, barricades were checkpoints and barricades were set up to screen all national ID cards. Can you hear me still? Yep. Okay. One of my headphones died. Let me know if you can't hear me. Uh-oh. Um, Kenny, does it sound okay still?
2: Sounds perfectly fine.
1: Okay. So... Um, Back in 19, so checkpoints and barricades were immediately set up to screen all national ID cards, um, and on these national ID cards contained the ethnic classifications. So the um, on the ID cards it would say whether you were a, um, you know Hutu or a Tutsi. And that's how they were I, able to identify you. And this was set up in 1933. So this was set up a long oh. time ago.
0: It I just got like chills though. Yeah.
1: That's, yeah. Well, oh, that's it's,
0: scary. Okay. It's really
1: scary. Mm. Um, they were ordered to spare no one, including infants. Uh, I know. So here's an example of the everyday horror that was taking place. So on April 12th, for example, more than 1500 Tutsis sought refuge in a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. While they were in the Catholic church, bulldozers showed up and they were used to knock down the church with everybody in it. Mm. And anybody that tried to escape, there was militia waiting by with machetes and rifles and they were ordered to kill every person that tried to escape the church.
0: So, oh God. so just, they could either be I, run over in the church yeah. and crushed to death or they could be or
1: shot by the bulldozer. They person. could try to escape, yeah. So, um the scale and brutality of the massacre caused worldwide, like everyone was shocked by it. Um, but yeah. no country intervened. No one did anything. United States didn't help. Europe didn't help. Everybody just stood by and let this happen. I'm sure there are multiple reasons for that. But it was just interesting to me that no one really intervened during this time. And and maybe because it's happened so quickly. I don't know. But um most of the victims were killed in their own villages or towns. About seventy percent of the Tutsi population was murdered. Seventy percent.
2: Seventy
1: percent. Seven zero. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, okay. Also, there was lots
0: of sexual violence that took place too, as you can imagine. Now, there was here's S- the thing: I heard, I remember hearing about that a lot, but I feel like that's also been a problem in. Holy crap! Sorry. Um, my dog just fell on me. Uh, Sedona. <laughs> get your face out of my face. I'm going to have to move her. Um I feel like I've heard about that because of the National Republic of Congo. Is that? Okay? Yes.
1: That yes. happens
0: a lot there too. Well, so
1: the 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 um what are they called? Shit, the Houthis or whatever. Yeah. After the war ended, if I read this correctly, they were rounded up and taken to the National Republic of Congo.
0: Oh. And-
1: and and I could be misspeaking on that because I didn't read quite that far. But, yeah. So this has been going on for a while. Um, so what's up, Declan? Um, <laughs>
0: I just scared him.
1: Uh, let's see. Where was I? 70%. Okay. So it's an estimated that 250,000 to 500,000 women were raped during the genocide oh as well. God. So terrible news. Awful, awful, awful. Um, again, lots of information, but I really want to paint the picture about what was happening to Clementine and her country so we can understand, like, what she'd experienced and and really what a true survivor she is. So at the age of six, back to Clementine, she, she noticed subtle changes day to day. She said the electricity would flicker on and off, and the water stopped working, and there was shushing like a lot of quietness and a lot of pressure to stay quiet from her parents like they weren't allowed to talk loud they had to be quiet lots of secrets um as the conflict intensified her, uh, clementine and her sister claire who was 15 at the time they were sent to her grandmother's house where they hid in a pit in the ground that was used for making banana wine which sounds delicious but they, banana wine okay. Uh-huh, okay okay so they hid in this pit um, for quite some time. And she said during this time, again, she was sick. So she recalls that she just didn't really sleep a lot. She heard a lot of, you know, sounds and booms and explosions. Uh, the situation quickly worsened. And soon there was a knock at the front door of her grandmother's house and the girls were told to run, just go run, get out. And I feel like as I was writing this, I am thinking about what's going on today and not that I'm at all comparing what we're all going through today to the situation. Cause it's gravely different, but I feel like imagine being told pick one or just go just, you have to leave. Like, what would you grab? What would you take? Like it happened so quickly and, and just have to make those decisions um, so fast. And I feel like right now we're all in a situation where we're, we're all stuck at home we're at least in the comfort of our own home. We're able to buy groceries still. But if we ever had to make like a quick decision to like get up and go, how would we handle that? And like the mental process of that would be mm-hmm. just I can't imagine being six and having to
0: make that call. So Right. I feel like when you're six though, you pick real dumb stuff. Like I'm just gonna be honest. Well, I'm
1: gonna tell you what she took. Oh god, okay. And she grabbed a towel. <laughs> well, <laughs> Which I mean, is not, is not dumb or not. It's but not I the think the worst it's just, thing she grabbed a towel. That's just what she took. So, I mean, um, I'm not sure what her sister took. They didn't really say in the articles that I read, but uh, they they ran for as long as they could. They, they finally reached a banana grove and she witnessed for the first time others also running and fleeing. And most of them were young kids and a lot of them were wounds. And she heard laughing and screaming and pleading and crying in the background. And she said uh. the noises were more human or more non-human than human. So it's just very tragic and sad. And mm-hmm. um, for the next six years, they were seeking refuge in over six different countries. Her nurse sister, uh, they covered thousands of miles by foot, truck, and once by a boat where they nearly drowned. Terrifying! Oh God! Uh, sh- she said some strangers took them in only to kick them out soon afterwards. Uh, she learned to eat grasshoppers, fend off lice, and forage on farms again for six years. That's uh, a lot of years. Yeah, she said you walk at night, they would walk at night and then hide during the day. And um, they lived in a lot of these refugees camp, refugee camps. And I, Jenny, I'm going to send you a picture of them. And it's just a place that no child should live. They're literally tents, filth. And um, this is where they, they live for six years, just trying to find a place to call them, to call home. Uh, Her and her sister finally made it to the United States in the year 2000 and they were taken in by a host family in Chicago and the host family were just so wonderful to them they treated her and her sister very well she learned english through watching sesame street
2: Aww. and
1: her host mom who she actually considers her mom to this day taught her english as well and took such good care of her she said at one point she asked her like do you want me to do the dishes or something like what do like she was so used to working for food or whatever it is she needed that she didn't, it it wasn't real to her that someone was just doing this out of the kindness of her heart. So she had to relearn to trust again and to really let someone into her life. Um, She enrolled in high school and was super, uh, was a super successful student. And she even joined the cheerleading squad.
0: Yeah, girl.
1: Yeah. And in high school, her host mom encouraged her to enter this essay contest which won her a trip to the Oprah show. Yes. it So, did. Uh, so during this time, I think she was around 12 at this time. She knew that her family was alive in Africa. She just couldn't find them. Like there just mm-hmm. wasn't the communication or the, or the means to really contact them. Um, she wasn't really sure where they were in Africa. She just knew through word that they had somehow survived. And she, so her and her sister to backtrack, she won this essay contest. They went on the Oprah show and we're kind of telling their story. The whole theme of the Oprah show was like survival and how, um, you know, you came from different countries and how you now live in the United States and you survived. So she was going through her story on Oprah and then Oprah, then as an Oprah fashion survive or surprised her and her sister, both by bringing her entire family onto the show. Oh, so Lord. she was reunited with her mom, her dad, and her other siblings, um, as a big surprise in the show. And during the the reunion, she found out that she has two little brothers as well, that she never knew she had. Mm. And uh, also with that, a lot of emotions because, you know, she has not seen these people in 12 years. And after this reunion, her family, she was able to move her entire family to the United States. And um, she went on to college and she graduated from Yale Of course she did. And of course she did. She's just she's amazing. She is now 32 and lives in San Francisco. She continues to speak out about human rights issues, and she's still hopeful for immigrants and refugees, even in today's political climate. She also wrote an amazing book. Um, It's a top-selling book titled "The Girl Who Smiled Beads," and it's essentially her story of war and what comes after, and how to overcome and kind of find space in this world as your own after what she's been through. And she's super successful. You can find her, she's done Ted talks. She's uh, been a presenter and speaker at Google, which she quick. she also worked at Google for a short period of time. Um, But she's just an amazing example of, you know, what we can overcome as um, humans and how to move on and just be super positive in their life. So. That Whoa. is Clementine's story and also some background information on the Rwandan civil war that I'm sure I got a lot of facts wrong on, but <laughs> thank you to Wikipedia.
0: Thank you. Oh, glorious Wikipedia. Yes. So. <laughs> um, one thing I have to tell you, which felt inappropriate to say during the story, but I will say it now that you're done and uh, it turns out Clementine is a, a great survivor and advocate. Um, I call Declan's toes his tootsies.
1: Oh, yeah. Inappropriate probably to say during, but I would not have cared because it's you and I knew you would not mean it that way. But
2: in <laughs> fact, whenever I, was,
1: whenever I was reading this, I was like, I have to look up how to pronounce this because I was pronouncing it tootsies too. And I'm like, it can't be right. But that's how you say it. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's insane. I, I know. Still, what I can't get over is you said it was a short. It was only like a six-month civil war. It's just so amazing that those those poor girls were out on their own for six years before I know they were really in a safe place again. So yeah, because
1: everybody was displaced from their countries. They didn't even like she said at one point she had no idea what country she was in, where she was. Like they just were nomads basically for six years until they found themselves in the United States.
0: God, that is insane. Crazy. Okay. So. Okay. Good job. Thanks. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm Y'all ready. ready for this? Dun dun. And dun while dun, you're, dun, I'm
1: listening, but while you're reading that, I'm gonna look for my
0: backup headphones. So if you okay. hear some scurrying, that's why. Okay. That means Kenny has to chime in with witty commentary. I'll try. No, I will. This. I'm still listening.
2: Okay. Okay. Thank God.
0: <laughs> you can do All it, right. Kenny. Um. I am doing the survival story of Scott Cassell and um, I found this very interesting because it is an animal attack, Um, but it's an animal attack. I knew nothing about, you know, you always think about lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, Oh my! Um, or sharks or like the things that we're all afraid of. Um, I didn't really think about this as something terrifying. So um, I'm going to jump in with a little bit about Scott and then I'll talk a little bit about the animal. And then um, we'll get into the attack itself and his survival. So um, Scott always loved the ocean. He grew up in California, Arkansas, and Georgia. Oh, and Texas. So a lot of ocean or gulf uh, lying land. Um, he said growing up, uh, his biggest influence was watching Jacques Cousteau. So he said it was just as good as Disney. I'm like, okay, sure. You say I mean, so. I get it. I love, I love Jacques Cousteau. I mean, yeah. So he wanted to be a part of that world and at 15 he got the chance because he got into a commercial dive school. Now I should have looked up what a commercial dive school was and I did not, but I'm guessing it's like a really intense, um, scuba diving school. Uh, that's my assumption and I could be totally wrong. Uh, but he was the youngest to graduate, um, from this commercial dive school. So Congrats to him. Then he spent a decade in the Army and the Army National Guard. Uh, He was always a medic. Uh, That tended to be uh, what he was assigned to no matter what. Um, He was a cavalry scout and attached to a sniper team. And then he was also a flight medic. So kind of like this real... Adventurous. Adventurer, (laughs) outdoorsy, manly man, you know? Um, But his real passion was always... um, marine life and um kind of like saving the oceans and being um, a real advocate for that kind of thing so um he's still in the reserves as a company commander to this day and he says i'm in a uniform once a week and he said i have more fun than anyone i know and he said if i'm not in if i'm not in my uniform i'm in my orange submarine so i'm just like i just love this guy he just has so much like enthusiasm for the adventure in life and um a lot of i kind of skimmed over what he did um in recent times so there it sounds like there's a watch company called luminix or luminox and they seem to be sponsoring a lot of his underwater adventures and they're not just adventures he's going down there to actually um look for illegal um netting and trapping of wildlife Uh, He's tagging the illegal nets and traps and then um, recording them so that people can, um, you know, get fined or whatever for uh, basically hurting marine life, um, which he wants to be really, you know, he wants to keep it safe. Um, So anyway, uh, this is the story of uh, when he got attacked by something called a Humboldt squid. So I know you guys like calamari. I've eaten with you before. <laughs> um, calamari is not what I'm talking about, but uh, Humboldt squid is a type of squid and calamari is squid. So I'm just going to pretend it's all the same. Wait, I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. Can you say that again? I lo- you. This is the problem with Skype. Sorry. I, lo- I missed the, my audio died. So I'm Oh here. my, oh my God. It's a um, survival story. What did he survive? Sorry.
0: He survived being attacked by a Humboldt squid. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was waiting for the reaction. I'm like, where's Danelle's reaction to this shit?
1: (laughs) Well, then then I got back in and I'm like, wait, I missed the whole freaking like what it was about. So,
0: (laughs) so he got attacked by a humble squid. Uh, So now I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. And then I will tell you about the attack. Um, they're also known as jumbo squid jumbo flying squid pota or diablo rojo which means red devil (laughs) um it's a large predatory squid it lives in the waters off the humboldt current Uh, and obviously i had no idea where that was so looking that up it's the eastern pacific ocean so um i checked to see how big this was because like I don't know. Have you seen those old pictures or drawings of like squid that are like humongous and they're like overtaking an entire ship? So I was like, is it like that? Um, No, the answer is uh, it's about four feet, 11 inches. So it's kind of like a tiny girl. That's still pretty big. Like it is for, for an animal. Yes. But it's just like, I was imagining like swallowing a ship. Like Yeah, you're imagining <laughs> the, that
1: rum brand where the yeah. um, octopus is, like, eating the entire, yeah. Yes,
0: yes. I guess I was thinking yeah, of an yeah. octopus then. Okay. So um, they have um, bioluminescent photophores. So what that means is they can change color, their body color, very quickly. They have a tendency to notably rapidly flash red and white when they're hunting, which is why people call them the red devil. So that's a little bit about them. And then, uh, let's see, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about, where did it go? They weigh about a hundred pounds. Um, their body is about 40% of their mass. Um, and then their fins or wings are about 12% and the tentacles are about 14%. So, um, and then, I mean, it talks about the head and the eyes and all. we don't need to do that and all that. But you can kind of guess, like, you can get an idea of what that looks like. Um, they are carnivorous and um, they swim at speeds of up to 15 miles per hour. And um, they have two triangular fins. Their tentacles have 100 to 200 suckers each. So wow. I don't know how many tentacles they have. But get this. They're each lined with razor sharp teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the suckers have teeth? Now what? Like not again? only do
1: they have suckers, they have teeth. Like it's right. like a double combination.
0: I don't want to experience. And then they have a large, sharp beak. Of course, they towards do. Why the middle because they? that's that's where they eat. So okay, because the teeth aren't enough. The teeth are, <laughs> teeth aren't enough. You have to do more. Um, <laughs> so now I will tell you more about our friend Scott. Let me get back to my notes. Okay. <laughs> So he talks a little bit about this article I got from something called The Manual, which is apparently some sort of online man magazine. Get it? Club. The Manual.
1: Manual. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Good one, guys. Um, so they said, have you ever been in any dangerous situation? So he said he's hand fed a great white shark and bull sharks. He's ridden on the back of a tiger shark. Um, he said there's always danger. Uh, when you're in the ocean, but it's always the human's fault. And he said, You're never completely safe. But then he said that the most dangerous um, encounter that he had was when he ran into a giant Humboldt squid. Um, and so he described it as the beak, which again is the mouth of the squid, is as big as a man's hand. And he said, If you can imagine being bitten by a hundred pound parrot, he said, That's what it was. Nice. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to go through what happened. I watched a little video that like talked about in succession of everything that happened.
1: Wait, sidebar. Yeah. Did I ever tell you the parrot story that happened to me when I was a
0: kid? No, but this sounds amazing. I'm going to have a Um, sip of wine while you tell me.
1: Okay, this is a super sidebar. So I feel like I've told this story. So if I have, stop me. Don't let me tell it twice. But mm-hmm. when we were when we were little girls, my sister and I, there was this pet shop that was right down the street from our house. And we would go in there every, like, four times a week. The lady probably fucking hated us. But That's she nice. had, like, hamsters and gerbils and newts and, like, all types of animals in there that we she let us hold and whatever. And then they also had two parakeets. One was Gunther. He was like Mm -hmm. one of those big, giant tropical birds, huge, and he was kind of mean. Like he'd say hello to you when you'd walk in, but he just kind of like stayed away. You knew to stay away from him. And then there was Trixie, who was like a
0: white parakeet. I don't know if that's the right. No, it sounds like like, it sounds like the first one was a parrot, and the second one sounds like a cockatiel. Maybe it was a. It was big though. Yeah, a cockatiel is like a big white. Yeah,
1: that's what it was. So she Mm -hmm. was super friendly. She loved to talk and whatever. Like she was awesome. And one day I had really long blonde hair. Like my mom would never let me cut my hair for some weird reason. And I walked by her cage and I was like, hi, Trixie. And she's like, hello. And as I was walking by, she jumped on my shoulder, my back. And was like burrowing in my hair, like pecking the back of my neck because she wanted to like play with it or she maybe was afraid of it. I don't know. But she freaking latched onto my back. They couldn't get her off. And she was like pecking at my neck. I was screaming. My hair was flying (laughs) everywhere. Feathers (laughs) were flying everywhere. And they finally got her off. And I ran to the back to the hamster area. And like I was afraid to come out. And then every time since then I I would never walk by Trixie again. But. That's my parrot
0: story. Okay, go oh on. Oh, my Sorry. God. That's so a parrot amazing. parrot mouth sounds terrifying to me. <laughs> <laughs> a, a hundred pounds. Imagine that being a hundred pound parrot. No, terrifying. Humongous. And I love birds, but that was very traumatic for me as a kid. Huh, yeah, I bet. I'm. I like birds, but I am afraid of them biting me because I had a parakeet growing up and I had parakeets not that long ago as an adult. And when they bite and they mean it, it hurts. It hurts. I was called dicks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. All right. So he went diving because, again, he's like this master diver. And um, he said he, he went down and this was his first time swimming with these squid. So he had felt pretty okay about his diving capabilities and dealing with animals in the wild. Like, again, he's hand fed like sharks and ridden on the back of them and like dangerous stuff. So, he jumps into the water, and he all of a sudden gets hit from the left and the right simultaneously. And then he starts getting pinched in the arms and the neck with these huge beaks. So, there's more than one of them.
2: And ah, they're just, like, okay.
0: attacking him with the beaks. Then the tentacles start coming with the um, the suckers with all the little teeth. So, these, like, suckers are just, like, ripping at his, like, wetsuit and pulling on it. Um, And and they start slicing through the wetsuit. So he can now feel, like, the little teeth and the tentacle suckers, like, ripping his skin apart. Okay. Mm
1: -mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said he had a bite from one of the uh, beaks that exposed his skull to seawater. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but seawater is salty. And yeah, when you have, like and a, when you have a cut, yeah. that that's gonna hurt like a mother. So he basically yeah. got scalped by one of these things. Jesus. Um, okay. He said uh, they, or the, I think it was Animal Planet, is the video I was watching. They have a biting force that is greater than the African lion. What? Mm-hmm. Oh my the, god. The Humboldt squid can cut through bone. And can cut through anything up to Kevlar plating. I believe Kevlar plating is metal. Yeah.
1: I think they make pans, right? Maybe. I,
0: I, I don't know. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's really strong. Kevlar is like really strong. And they can cut through bone and Kevlar with that beak. Um, he said if one got a hold of, let's say, your hand and um, moved it the right way, they could simply amputate your hand without much thought. <laughs> Wow. So I was like, barf, that sounds awful. Um, Okay, so he had a camera while he was down there because the whole goal of this was for him to um, video the squid in their natural habitat. Well, of course, these squid were like, fuck you. We don't want you here. (laughs) Um, So one of them grabbed his camera and when he tried to hold on to it, the squid pulled so hard that it dislocated his shoulder. Then two more of the squid grabbed onto his legs, and started pulling him down. So they're pulling him down into the depths of the ocean. Why do they got to be such dicks? Don't know. Don't like it. They pulled him so fast that his eardrum imploded. Yeah, I was going to say... Oh, okay.
1: And, yeah, and not to mention during this whole thing, he's thousands of feet underwater, I'm sure.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So in the article I read... Um, it said that the Humboldt squid usually are minimum at about 660 feet below the surface. I, don't, I have trouble visualizing how far that is, but it sounds really far.
1: That's far. I mean, <laughs> I, but think about a football field. That's 100 yards. Oh, shit. Wait. Can yards, feet. Um, okay. I don't know. It's far.
0: It's it's just, far you know whatever. what? It's a it's lot.
2: It's a lot of fucking feet.
0: Um, <laughs> so does <judgment. laughs> it. So his eardrum implodes, which I, I can tell you as someone who had an ear infection where my, dr- my eardrum exploded, that it hurts. Mm. And then you can't hear for a long time because your eardrum takes a while to heal. So that poor guy. But this is happening underwater, so I'm not even sure what would happen. Like Would seawater just like start flooding into your ear socket? I don't know. Um, so he started to fight for his life. He started kicking and scratching. Um, he was getting bites on his wrist um, and then he, all of a sudden, one of them grabbed his wrist so hard that it broke in five places. So one of those beaks grabbed his wrist so hard that it broke in five different places. One Damn. Beak. But he finally had fought so hard that he can see the boat above him. So he starts fighting, fighting, fighting to get up to the, the top. He gets there. He starts pulling himself up with his good arm. Cause remember his one shoulder is dislocated. And he said, I looked down and they were still coming to get me. They meaning more multiple Yeah. There were multiple squids just like we're gonna fuck this guy up. Here we go. So rude. Yes. Okay. So then um he said uh his throat had been ripped open. Um again his scalp he had been scalped basically by um the suction cups with the little teeth in them. Um so he said when he got back onto the ship. He superglued his scalp and his throat wounds back together. I don't think you're supposed to superglue your shit back together, sir. (laughs) But he was a medic. He did work as a medic in a lot of his um, military career. So I guess fine. I'm hoping it was medical superglue and not just like regular superglue. But hey, you do you. Um, And he said that the Humboldt squid population has actually exploded recently because of the insane overfishing of sharks tuna and oh. swordfish so sharks tuna and swordfish must be um the the animals that prey upon these squid and since 90 percent of the fish are gone um the they the humble squid can just like around. they're like overpopulating so um then it talked a little bit about his um what's that called uh conservation efforts So, um, he basically said that he's been told a lot of, so what's happening is, um, apparently people are making shark fin soup. Oh. And I'm like, the who? The
1: what? Why? Well, it was, it was a tradition tradition in in your
0: soup, people. (laughs) (laughs) It was a tradition in China. It was only meant for the emperor and his people. Uh
1: Um,
0: And they said that the emperors would eat it because it would harness the power of the shark. But, um, now that China has exploded economically, they feel like they can enjoy what the emperor once ate. So people in Singapore, um, or I'm sorry, people in China are eating a lot more of this, uh, shark fin soup. Um, but he said there are people in Singapore who are standing up to this myth and they are called shark savers. Um, and he said, there's been a huge depletion of salmon in Alaska. And he said, why? And he said, because Humboldt squids ate them all. Why? Because all the sharks are dead who used to eat the squid. So now the bears have no salmon and are foraging in the trash. And some have been killed because they've been aggressive towards humans because then humans are scared. You know what I mean? So it's a ripple
1: effect for all of this.
0: Yeah. So he basically, he's asked people, um, he said, I did a national geographic special. And I asked a viewer, if you ate tuna or shark, is it like being maimed by grizzly bears in Alaska? And it was like, huh? And he said, so the answer is yes, you are responsible for someone being maimed in Alaska because you ate shark or tuna, which is the food, uh, or the the predators of these squid, and the squid are eating the salmon, and the salmon, so the, the bears have nothing to eat, blah, blah, blah. So he's, again, he's very concerned about the circle of life in the marine world because of of what's been happening so well bigger um, picture thinking too which I don't yeah. think us as a society even me I mean I eat tuna and
1: fish like that too but we don't think of it like that we should yeah like we should be more conscious of how everything is you know one thing affects another thing
0: yeah and I think right now too just being you know, quarantine and all that, and you see all these crazy stories about how much pollution has been reduced in just a few weeks that humans haven't been able to, you know, basically destroy the planet. It's yeah. it's insane. And, like, Venice, you can see through the canals now, and they used to be, like, mucky, dirty oh, water.
1: Really? Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. That's crazy. Didn't There's you, pictures. Didn't we say last, maybe this wasn't in the podcast we talked about this, but for the first time, you could see, like, like something in China, like when everybody was quarantined, the sky was like clear or something.
0: Or yeah, I the same thing. Like, the same thing's happening in Los Angeles. I have a friend who lives there, and she put a picture up, and she was like, "It's crazy to wake up and not have smog." That's so. That's just yeah, yeah. It's insane. So anyway, I just I've never heard of a squid attack, and I didn't Ooh. know some squids or all squids. I don't know. I didn't look that up. Have little teeth in their suckers? Like rude. I didn't so I'm rude. Th- so um, I just was like, this is insanity. I need to do the squid story. And Scott is obviously fine. He glued his head back together. and <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank God for Elmer's.
0: And he's still out there doing all of his conservation work. And like he said, if he's not in a uniform, he's on his orange submarine. So if you're interested in him, Scott Castle is his name. And um, just kind of like a, a man's man, but also just like such an advocate for marine life and um, conservation. So kind of love that story. yeah um,
1: it's like like
0: lighthearted
1: ish story too yeah I've mean, been trying to do a lighthearted I'm... one this week I've been doing really heavy ones
0: well so. I was gonna do a heavy one I started watching a documentary about like you know someone breaking into someone's house and like I don't know hostage bullshit so I just was like I can't again I need yeah I need something lighter I need a, I need an animal attack where we learn things about an animal I never knew that's what I mean exactly <laughs> like
1: it's a and I didn't know that about spirits either they sound like the most
0: not terrifying
1: animal but the fact that they have oh weapons at every aspect of their every like limb of their body is just terrifying to me so. and
0: the fact they're very aggressive towards humans especially during feeding time so that's the other thing that's scary is like A lot of times people are scared of sharks, but sharks really aren't that aggressive towards humans. A lot of times they mistake humans for food because if you're on a surfboard or a boogie board, you look like one of their food sources. Yeah,
1: like a seal or a sea lion or whatever. Yeah.
0: These guys are just like, fuck you, I will kill you. Um, For no reason other than I'm trying to eat and you're in my way, so I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah like they're just aggressive so um now I'm terrified of squid I'm glad they they live so far down though because I don't think I'll be at 660 feet or more
2: below the surface
0: 660 no 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 I don't scuba dive the best I do is snorkel and that's at the surface
1: I would try scuba diving but I think the reality is is I'm never gonna do it but I'll just stick to snorkeling
2: yeah (laughs)
0: Anywho, Kenny, you have some weird news for us.
2: I do, and it's not coronavirus related.
0: Oh my god! Yeah. Uh,
2: a man was arrested after a high-speed chase. The man claimed he was doing what?
0: Mm-hmm. Taking his wife to the hospital and have a baby.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Um, going to pick up someone at the hospital.
2: He claimed he was teaching his dog to drive.
0: No. No.
2: So there's...
1: Sir, I'm sorry, but dogs can't drive?
2: (laughs) He was sitting in the driver's seat with him while apparently he was steering. There's a couple 911 calls saying he was driving erratically for a long time. And then... uh, the chase itself got up to 110 miles an hour and when they pulled him over the dog was just still sitting on the owner's lap most importantly what
0: kind
1: of dog was it a pit bull now now they can't feel like a
0: pit bull would start to would like to the need for speed no but here's the thing that dog is not controlling the speed there's no way he can reach the pedals I know, it's, I'm the, it's the. I know, but it's the human. <laughs> I know you are, but I'm just saying, like, it's obviously. Of course, she's the getting humans. the
2: Jenny. She thought Denelle was dead serious. Like. Well,
0: I know I'm not very smart sometimes, so I, I'll give you a pass for thinking I might be serious. But <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, there's no way he could blame the stupid dog, even if he was teaching it to drive. He was controlling the pedals. Like, oh, unless God. the dog was down on the floor and his tail was shifting. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh that's a good one kenny i like it
0: amazing amazing um all right well this has been sip Survive, Repeat. we'll be back uh well actually we'll be back on thursday we're we're doing mini episodes uh called weird news shorts so if you haven't tuned in check it out me and danelle try our hand at giving you guys weird news headlines um obviously kenny's way better at it but um then we have our regular episodes coming out on tuesday still so stay safe out there don't talk to people just kidding don't get close to them though
1: tell your friends but <laughs> via the phone not interested. via
0: phone facetime social media right. um and if you guys have weird news ideas let us know you can email us at sipsurvivorpeat at gmail.com we'll see you next week guys
2: bye, bye.